Trek Companion. This is episode 299. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're going to be discussing Star Trek Lower Decks second season episodes, An Embarrassment of Duplers, and The Spy Humongous. Let's do it. An Embarrassment of Duplers, Season 2, Episode 5. Original release date, September 5th, 2021. Directed by Kim Arndt, written by Dave Illenfeld and David Wright. Guest cast include Tom Kinney as John Anderson and Malbus, Richard Kind as Dupler Emissary, Jennifer Lewis as Alien Bartender, and Paul Shear as Andy Billups, Groundskeeper, and Starfleet Captain. The Cerritos escorts a Dupler emissary to Starbase 25. Duplers involuntarily duplicate when embarrassed, so the crew go out of their way to keep him comfortable. But Freeman unintentionally embarrasses the emissary, and he begins to uncontrollably duplicate. Meanwhile, Mariner plans to get her and Boimler into a party at the Starbase using Boimler's clone invitation, but only Boimler is given entry, and Mariner reveals how hurt she was when he abandoned her to work on the Titan. This is stupid. We're soaking wet. Shoo, shoo, shoo. There's the bouncer. Name? Brad William Boimler, USS Titan. Morning. It worked. <laughs> he just, he loves being on lists. Very excited. Whoa. Not you. This is Beckett Mariner. She's my plus one. What ship you on? Uh, the Voyager D. Beckett Mariner, Ensign on the Cerritos. Nope, sorry. Lunar class and above only. Uh, they're not letting me in. Whatever. There's like a million other things to do on a station this big. But this is the best thing, right? Fine. Just go in without me. I'm not going to abandon you out here. Oh, please. You love abandoning. No, I don't. You're the abandoner. You didn't think twice about taking that promotion to the Titan. You just couldn't wait to leave me just like everybody else. Adam, get us going on Embarrassment of Duplers. This episode kind of starts generically. Um, You know, you have Captain Freeman, you know, they're doing this, you know emissary mission you know the captain's log so it's a very standardized open something you would see in next gen or many other the trek shows (laughs) but the the difference we find out we don't really because you hear dupler and i don't you know they're they duplicate and i'm like well what what does that mean they duplicate um so and it's not until they get to the bridge and um she humiliates this guy and she doesn't know he's there that's that's whole gag is like um he's standing behind you that he starts to duplicate and so it's just it's an interesting take on species i mean i really enjoyed this episode but i couldn't couldn't help but think in the back of my head i'm like how does this how would a species like this survive like you know wouldn't they just how could it evolve anyway word thought in my head but it's a to me it's a unique way to look at um life and alien life and um, it's something that you probably couldn't do very well in a live action show because it'd be very expensive. So I enjoy that they're taking taking these things that we've all taken for granted, you know, a new amb- ambassador, you know, different life form. Yeah, they're all kind of unique, but this one duplicates and it and it, it's kind of like the tribbles. It just kind of fills up the ship. And I also enjoyed the, you know, the Mariner and Boimler bit. This is kind of the first time that we've really kind of seen them together in this season. And, you know, Mariner, Mariner has a lot of feelings for this guy, you know, and she's very hurt. And so, you know, the, the episode is actually also kind of touching, you know, you see these two become closer and they kind of air out, you know, what had happened at the end of season one. So overall, like, you know, there are other, obviously other fun moments in the, in the show, but yeah, those are the things that I kind of took from, from it most. I love that they got uh, Richard Kind to do the duplers. <laughs> He's perfectly cast. Uh, Steve, your first thoughts on this one? 
Yeah, well, like always, uh, this series uses hyperbole, the, the, the exaggerated things to just, you know, you, you reference Star Trek, you reference things we've seen before, like, for example, duplers, you know, like like tribbles or something. And in fact, they use them in the same way at the end, they'll kind of nod to it where they, let's uh, drop them into a party, you know, and, and blow up the party by putting in this thing, you know, it's it's, it's kind of like the, the tribbles with putting them on the Klingon ship or whatever. But uh, I'm always, I always marvel at how much they can pass into these episodes and it, and it not feel like it's rushed and you actually have character development and you have a lot of fun. I mean, we have, um, you know, with uh, Rutherford and Tindy with the miniature ship and you've got uh, Boimler and Mariner and on and, and all this going on with them and then the, the bridge crew and the party and these duplers and it's just nuts. There's like stuff all over the place and, and they pack it into that 20 some minutes and you have a very entertaining episode and it's, and it's, and it's fun, you know, so they're continuing to do what they, they do well. Um, I mean, th- this really cracked me up. I, I, the, the whole, when they, they start getting crazy with the, the duplers and their, their concern, Oh my gosh, we're embarrassing our, you know, it's just, it's so ludicrous that it's just funny every time, you know? So I definitely enjoyed it. And, and uh, they're continuing to, to, to do, do what they do well in this series. Plus they had a cool, car chase scene in the middle of the episode <laughs> yeah i was just gonna say this was probably this wasn't i thought this was a good episode is maybe not like my favorite kind of level but it probably had the best crafted action sequence that the car chase was stellar it was really good it's really good and it was fun and and you know crashed into the different and then at the end it had that moment the, the moment in this episode that made me laugh out loud where after they crashed in the lake and then a there's like a beat and then all the little data bubble things pop up. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. It's funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that action sequence was excellent. While I'm on that, the, the other moment that made me laugh out loud, this one had two. It was when they say that they tell him to say something mean or whatever to the duplers to get them to combine. And you see like several different, locations and people saying stuff and then of course it comes to the doctor and she's just like beep 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 (laughs) (laughs) um yeah yeah you're right steve i mean yeah the the tindy and rutherford stuff was good too because yeah he was dealing with the stuff that happened from him last season too so i kind of feel like they aired out a lot of um things that um were kind of unsettled in this episode I want that little ship, man. I want it with the with the little boimler. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and the top comes off, <laughs> so you can get at the bridge. Yeah. Oh, we had another corks, Brian. So it must be franchised. Yeah, it is a chain. Not only that, but we like the the, the toy boxes. They both say like corks on them. Oh, nice. I missed that. You know, so the one she has the box for the Cerritos model in the turbo lift with them, right? And then at the end, when she gives them the DS9 one, it also says "Corks" on that one. It comes with an Esri and a Jetzia. <laughs> what a, what a, another <laughs> in Star Trek joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How does that work? I don't know. I guess if you play with them right, they just couldn't be there at the same time. Well, they could, but there would be no Dax. It wouldn't be Esri Dax, I guess. There you go. But I think the ge- the genius of this show is they've ta- they've been able to take decades of Star Trek material 
and and make it unique because you look you look at Rutherford you know he's kind of a half cyborg guy you know we've had androids data and you know other cybernetic life in this in this in the Star Trek world <laughs> take a cybernetic being who loses his memory and has to learn everything back you know and, and kind of dealing with that emotionally so I I'm just amazed you know you can have so much fun watching these these episodes and you take all in all the the pop culture and the trek lore and everything that goes along with it but they still have like what Steve was saying they're still able to pack in like you know a touching you know emotional moment like what this character must be kind of going through because he can't remember every, anything and you know dealing with his past self and this and his current self so there you know there are times they don't do it every episode but at times they're able to like you're they're able to bring out that essence of that's really star trek you know the human experience you know what it's like to be human and and, and how we all kind of deal with it uniquely so it i'm you know they keep impressing me. You know, I agree with you, Brian. It's not the best episode, but it's it's a damn good episode. Lots of fun um, original series references in that bar. The, the pictures in the background. I saw the Doomsday Machine, kind of like up high or something. Oh, uh, Guardian of Forever was on in there. <laughs> the first contact ship. Right. The Phoenix was there. Oh, yeah. And there was a jukebox, which maybe I, I don't know if it was supposed to be the, the one that Cochrane uses, but side note, I watched the 4K stream of First Contact that's on Paramount Plus just until the end of July. It looks spectacular. It's so great. Ah, oh, it looks so wonderful. I can't wait to get that on disc probably in the spring and watch it. But I highly recommend spending a couple hours with Paramount Plus. Cool. To watch that First Contact because they said it's going away at the end of the month. I have no idea why that one they put up the new 4K transfer, but none of the others they did. But anyway, it looks great. They well, got to keep you subscribed. <laughs> Well, actually, no, I, I, uh, I canceled as soon as Strange New Worlds ended. I canceled it, my Paramount Plus. So I got okay. a couple of weeks before it runs out. And then I'll restart it for at the end of August for uh, Lower Decks Season 3. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, there's a very clear sense of, of the character story between uh, Tendi and Rutherford in that scene and then the stuff going on between... Um, Boimler and Mariner about, you know, feeling abandoned and all that. And it's worked out in the bar. So it, it's just a smart character driven show. That's a lot of fun. Can't help but enjoy. Yeah. What's this episode about? I don't think there was a common theme, I guess, coming to terms with being hurt or um, disoriented. So, you know, I touched on it with the Rutherford and Tendi parts of this episode, you know, Rutherford, who's always this happy go lucky guy, you know, you can tell he's getting more and more frustrated throughout the episode and you know it culminates at the end he's like i don't remember anything i don't know how to do anything i used to be better than i was you know who among us hasn't felt that way in some fashion or form and then you know his good friend says well no you did all this on purpose about this ship because you wanted to keep putting it together and you know on the other theme you know the mariner boimler you know i think as the audience we all knew that um mariner this hurt mariner because of our scenes on our own and it kind of got to her, but you know, they, they kind of aired that out and you know, they became closer at the end. So you're right, Brian, when you say this is a very character driven show, which is kind of going back to what Steve said, it's very surprising about how much they pack in, you know, to, you know, 20, 25 minutes. I think, I think how they, how they do that is it, it kind of, it, it more mirrors reality in some senses, because how, how much of our lives is taken up with 
with focusing on those very serious things, right? I mean, that that's what that's what we are. That's that's the big stuff. The, the developing and the you know with the character development in this series, it's probably like a fraction of the time of, of any episode actually focuses on that. If you calculated it, most of it's the jokes and the the all the craziness going on. But in in a way, that's kind of how how life is. You know, we you know the, there are these moments that stick out and they're, they're those important, you know, serious things that make up who we are. And I think that's what the, the show kind of recognizes in a way. It's obviously a comedy. It's got to play it this way, but, um, and, and, and as far as this episode, I agree. I think it's, it's the, it's these, these primary four characters, the pairings looking back and, you know, look, they're, they're both looking back at some things that have happened in the past season and, uh, and, and dealing with that and recognizing, you know, some mistakes or some things they wish were better and, and the struggles with that and working through that together. So yeah, another great episode. All right, let's do six degrees for an embarrassment of duplers. Adam, these are just uh, more like generic trivia questions again today. Tom Kenny provides multiple voices throughout this series. In this episode, he is both John Anderson and Malvis. Kenny is best known for providing the voice of what character? I'll give you one hint if that's not enough information. I'll take a hint. Uh, it's a Nickelodeon character. <laughs> um, SpongeBob. That's right. <laughs> Pulled that one completely out of nowhere. Yeah. No, I, I, years ago, I went to a, there's a, a panel at Comic-Con, and everybody was there. The guy that does Patrick Dauber from Coach, he was there. Clancy Brown, of course, was there to do Mr. Krabs. And Tom Kenny did SpongeBob, and they did, they just, they did a reading from an episode. And it was amazing. <laughs> so great. All right. Uh, Adam has one. Moving on. <laughs> The Spy Humongous Season 2, Episode 6. Original release date, September 16th, 2021. Directed by Bob Suarez. Written by John Cochran. Guest cast include Neil Casey as Casey, Rich Fulcher as Grubden, Rumdar, Emperor of the Packleds, King Packled, Packled Leader and Packled Servant, Lauren Lapkus as Jennifer Shrena, Brian Posehn as Packled and Packled Delicate, Gabriel Ruiz as Castro, and Carl Tart as Kayshawn. <laughs> The crew take in a Packled refugee, but come to suspect him of being an inept spy. Freeman orders Ransom and Kayshawn to keep him busy while she attempts to negotiate a ceasefire with Packled leadership. The Ensigns are ordered to clean up dangerous and unpredictable mission anomalies left over by senior crew, but Boimler is invited to join a group calling themselves the Red Shirts, who have ambitions of higher ranks and are interested in Boimler's Titan experience. They give Boimler a makeover, urge him to distance himself from the others, and only spend time talking about their apparent crisis leadership skills. Hey, Boimler, right? Heard a lot of buzz about your time on the Titan. Oh, uh, Ensign Casey, hi. You guys heard about that? You're a legend. Listen, we've got this little club where we help each other rank up. And right now, we're down a member. Pajak got promoted to the Ventura. What? No way. That's what the red shirts do. We help each other land promotions. One day, we'll all be captains. You call yourselves red shirts? Cool name, right? Makes us sound invincible. Forgot to mention, the previous episode, we saw a couple of old um, next-gen people, even if they didn't speak, including Shelby. There's a shot of Shelby. That was cool. That's right, yeah. Armis in this episode. Steve kicks off on the spy him. I, 
I love the puns sometimes in the in the episode. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> this by humongous. <laughs> Uh, the Packlids are back, uh, seem to be the primary villains in this series, sort of, in some respect. Um, I guess that's fitting. We also have uh, Boimler back to his, uh, you know, can't resist uh, trying to find a way to get promoted, just is seeking that uh, validation. That, that's just part of the character and has to relearn that a little bit. Although I don't I don't think they go so far as to rehash some of the things. I think it's, it's natural to kind of go back and if it's, if it's part of who a character is, maybe he hasn't learned all his lessons and needs to go through this again to realize that his friends are, <laughs> his friends are the more important thing, not these uh, crazy things he gets involved with, with various... Uh, means to an end to get to that, uh, you know, to perhaps advance or not advance or whatever. But uh, I I do think the Packlet stuff is funny and that they're they're just so dumb. Um, I I laugh because of the, you know, and it harkens back to these uh, older, uh, these next gens where you remember what they say and how every every ship is Enterprise and every captain's either Picard or Janeway and all this kind of stuff. And it's just so ludicrous. It's funny. I love the, um, <laughs> they go on a diplomatic mission to the Packled's homeworld, which they call Packled Planet. Right, naturally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's funny stuff. I mean, you know, they, we also get this whole, uh, expedition on the ship of this 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 thing they have to do which totally surrounds like let's pick up crazy weird artifacts that the bridge crew and what on how to picked up from uh various missions and they're they're all nuts you know the 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 fact that there's like these books that make three little pigs appear and all this stuff it's just ludicrous <laughs> but you know they're obviously references to man there's so much cr- fantasy and strange sci-fi weirdness we can't explain in the universe apparently but yeah it's 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 a lot of fun and um I don't know what else to say. Yeah, more of the same. It's it's fun. It's enjoyable. Adam, your first thoughts here? Yeah, I, I'm I'm with Steve on that. I I kind of think this is this is a Boimler driven episode. Most even though there's a, you know as with every episode, there's so much going on. It's kind of hard to define. Like sometimes that oh, this is this character's type episode. But I tend to think of this as a Boimler episode because you're right, Steve. You know he kind of falls into that same. You know, oh, I want to be. You know, I want to get ranked up or or you know all the things that we've seen boiler there's a little bit of difference in i think in this episode they you know they they do give him a couple moments where he thinks about it he's looking back at his friends should i do this and you know throughout the episode you know he, you know he's d- defending you know his 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 group but it, it's fun and by the end of the episode it's boiler that saves the day he's kind of the hero saving tendy being you know a scorpion creature and i made me think about you know you go back to the beginning of the first season you know He's still Boimler, but he was kind of, he was cowardly Boimler. You know, he was very afraid and timid. And so I think that the progression of this character, what he has learned and what he has gone through and, and, and what he realizes is the character development that they've given them. He was able to save Tindy at the end of that episode in a, in a completely Boimler comical way. But that's something I don't think that character would have done, you know, in season one for sure. So I, I think they did a good job with the character showing where he's been and where he is now by the time the episode ended and his relationship with the other characters too. You know, like the, those people are definitely his friends, you know, uh, the red shirts did have some funny jokes. I love the, uh, you call yourself red shirts. Yeah. Cool name, right? Makes it sound invincible. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right there. But the way he asked the questions, it's, it's like, it's like, he knows what, 
<laughs> like in universe that means something. The original series, I don't know. Was it last podcast? I asked a question about the Zinti with the Z sound, the cat slaver weapon dude, the guy from the episode slaver weapon in the animated series who had a brief appearance, but in this appearance, in this episode, like, yeah, he has lines. You know, he's one of the red shirt guys. But there's a moment when they're showing, he's trying to show Boimler how to stand up straight or something. And he says, don't stand like this. And he like hunches over. <laughs> and that's right. That's, and he's all of a sudden exactly that exactly yeah, look. Like yeah. he was in the animated series. That was very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but again, that's like, that's funny whether you realize what it's referencing or not. It's funny. I don't know. The moment in this one that made me laugh out loud, that was pretty close, the Zinti hunching over. But I think the moment I'm positive I laughed out loud was when the red shirts, one at a time, start going in and giving overlapping speeches to inspire the crew. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> the first one comes in and starts giving a speech, and then you just see the crew like looking at them in awe, that one person in awe. And then the next person comes in, and now there's two overlapping speeches. And then you see the crew looking over there, like just confused. And then, of course, a third person, and, and it's a cacophony. You can't understand saying anything they're saying. That, that was pretty funny. <laughs> but that was a very original joke. I've never seen that joke before. Well, the whole scene is kind of absurd, you know, obviously, you know, Tindy turning into a raging scorpion, tearing up the mess hall. And so things that, things that you could only do in an animated series. Yes, but it is an exaggerating, a, exaggeration. It is an exaggeration of existing things we've seen in Star Trek, you know. Sure. Some anomaly thing great makes you turn into something crazy or whatever. We've certainly seen plenty of that. Yeah. I was thinking about Geordi with the the weird skin with the blue lines and mirror. Mm -hmm. But instead of taking an entire episode, it takes seconds and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, th I think I remember our review of that. It's like, oh, it took too long for him to get to <laughs> being the creature. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, Brian. I mean, but that's, you know, Steve mentioned that in the previous episode. You know, this a lot of the show is hyperbole and over-exaggeration of a lot of things that we've seen. The, the pack lids are oddly appropriate for this show. It's like, they were funny, um, and sometimes you 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 know something that was supposed to be a little bit humorous, maybe placed into from live action, maybe placed into animation. You could see how it would maybe it, would, it doesn't work the same, and then now it isn't funny. Or uh, but somehow the packlets are are perfect in in this show. <laughs> Do, I do like the misdirection they gave with that packlet. You know, he disappears. You know, well, maybe this guy is kind of smart, and they're running around, and then like, you know, he's floating out. You know, floating out the side of the ship, frozen. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Rum tar. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then there was the whole bit with the the different uh, factions taking over the big helmet. I think they said big hat, big helmet. There's a little hint of like how power power corrupts, you know, like, you know, the rebels come in there to kind of liberate and, you know, it takes them two seconds to put the helmet on and, you know, <laughs> be corrupted by power. All right. Well, go ahead. What is this episode about? Well, I mean, you know, like I said, the main crux of what I took from this episode was was the, Bo the Boimler storyline, you know, how growth and how you experience um, makes you grow. Um, his he re you know he's able to save the day at the end because of his growth and his realization so it's like you know being yourself at the end of the day he was just his self and that was that was true at the end you know because he's klutz and that made tindy laugh so i think at the end he it's about just like i said just being about being yourself will get you ahead and that's kind of what i took that is what i took from it babbling there sorry 
Yeah, I think I think what the uh, the common thread there with like the the Boimler focus and the pack leads is this whole um, pursuit of power, um, and they exaggerate it with the pack leads with this whole ludicrous you know ranking of different characters and are all trying to get to this point and and then you have boimler more down to earth but but he suffers from it too he you know he's always wanted that validation but he also you know wants the power most everybody wants some kind of control in their life you know that kind of thing so i think it references both of those fundamental those fundamental notions you know in in very different ways throughout this episode and again it packs in a whole lot of stuff you know uh, in those 20 some minutes um, to keep it feeling organic and uh, to advance characters while still having a whole lot of in-jokes. So. Let's do Six Degrees for the Spy, Humongous. Steve, Armus from Next Gen makes an appearance, and he says the name of his Next Gen episode, Skin of Evil. Was that Next Gen <laughs> Season 1 or 2? 1. Very good. Of course... You would have gotten the episode title as well, right? Yeah. That was amusing. <laughs> the end there. That's pretty funny. Well, because the, the first shot, he's like sitting there, like moping, oh, looking bored <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, we had some big news this week. Uh, as far as, you know, listeners of the show know that we and me, especially, but also Steve, maybe a little bit less so Adam are still very much into physical media and get excited about physical media releases. And after we spent all summer of 2021, or is that 2020? I forget when we went through the movies, it might've been 2020. Anyway, when we went through the movies and I kept begging for the new transfers and, and we finally got them the first four movies in the fall of 2021. And now this week they have announced the fifth and sixth original series films in 4K, as well as the director's edition of the motion picture. And that even includes the special longer version, which I've always called the ABC cut myself. I don't don't know why, but that's the version I grew up watching because that's the version that was on uh, VHS when I was a kid. It was only that, the ABC with all the extra scenes, including the the scene where you see the scaffolding above Kirk, which apparently they have fixed for the 4K disc. But anyway, this is all coming out in September, and I'm very excited. It is a little bit convoluted. I do think you can legitimately complain about like people that bought the first four box set, first four movies box set from a year ago. They don't have any way to cleanly... What are you going to do? Just buy five and six by themselves? So that's not going to look nice next to it or something. Or if you want the special longer version, you have to buy this really expensive box that only has the motion picture. If you want to buy just the regular motion picture, you only get the director's cut. You can't get the director's cut plus the theatrical by itself, unless you buy this really expensive box. You know, I think there, you know, there are some convoluted things, but at the end of the day, I would much rather have this problem than like, imagine if Disney owned Star Trek, they wouldn't be releasing anything. Case in point, look at the Star Wars stuff. So, yes, it sucks, but at least they have done the good 4K transfers, and this is probably going to be the final time we ever buy these. I know people laugh at that and say, oh, you always say that. Well, I don't think there's going to be another physical format. I really don't. So, I'm excited. I'm 
going to make sure I clear out the weekend after the, all that stuff comes out in September and binge it in my in my room. What about you, Steve? Did you did you read all the details of all the different stuff? Yep, I am, I am excited. I will be um, picking up the collector set for the director's edition because of the what's only available there and so on, and, and that's great. I'm really looking forward to it. Presumably, we'll get the next gen 4K transfers next spring. But like I said, I watched that 4K uh, on First Contact that's on Paramount Plus for the month of July, and it was spectacular. Did you ever watch the director, 4K Director's Edition, Adam, on Paramount Plus? No, I have not seen it yet. I I'm pro- I'm probably will go watch um, First Contact. I don't know if I'll watch. Um, I don't know if I'll have time to watch Motion Picture. Well, motion Picture Director's out. Edition 4K that's on Paramount Plus permanently. Okay. Uh, First Contact is just coming off of. Um, because of normal, yeah, I'll definitely, you know, I'll definitely check it out at some point. Streaming rights, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, the motion picture, it really is a movie that I'm pretty sure we talked about this when we did movies. But it's like the older I get, the more I appreciate it. Yeah, which reminds me, in two weeks we're gonna have our episode 300, and we're just gonna talk about Star Trek, where it's going, where it's been, where it is now. So we're not going to be discussing the next two episodes of Lower Decks on our next episode. We're just going to have a fun little celebration of episode 300 by talking about Star Trek in a more general way that we love. And then, of course, two weeks after that, we'll get right back on to Lower Decks' second season. We hope you'll be back in two weeks to join us for episode 300. Who would have thunk? Who among us has not been pooped out by an alien? <laughs> so thank you for spending a half a half an hour with us. You can send us an email, trekcompanion at gmail.com, and our Twitter handle is at trekcompanion. Thank you again, and until next time, take it easy. Bye guys. See ya. I passed it.